Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. So what we're going to do, what we're doing is we're going in a different direction today. You know the only, that's, that's a great spot. That'll work. That works. That's perfect. Um, or wherever. Um, here's, here's the deal. Or we can hang it from the ceiling. Thank you, AJ. Awesome. So here's, here's what, here's, here's the thing. How do you get answers? You ask. You have to ask a question to get an answer. But if you ask a question, okay, who here grew up where it was illegal to ask questions? Right? What happens when you ask, an ad- as a child, you ask an adult a difficult question? What kind of reactions do you get? Talk to your dad. Talk to your dad. <laughs> because. Because I said so. Anybody been shamed because you asked a question? Anybody been attacked because you asked a question? Anybody had your, your character impugned because you asked a question? What kind of sick person asks a question like that? Not me. I, I would never ask that question, right? The thing about it is, is questions are uncomfortable, right? Because they, they actually say, I don't no. What feelings do we have when we say, I don't know? Confusion? Fear? They don't know? Anybody felt shame because you didn't know the answer? You probably should. Stupid, right? But the interesting thing is the entire Bible is a history of questions. Do you guys remember what happened when Adam and Eve... Uh, bit the big one, <laughs> and they decided the, the if if you eat an apple, you should make clothes out of fig leaves. It, it computes. Anybody done stupid stuff? You're like that equals this, right? And and they and then when God comes for their daily chat, what has always been fun, they're suddenly terrified of and they hide, right? And and what does God do? What's the very first thing God does? He asked them a question. Where are you? Now, does God ask that question because he's lost them? No. Did God ask them because suddenly he can't see them? No. Did God ask that because he's somehow confused? No. Why did God ask them that question? To give them a chance to answer back. I would also say, to ask a really good question. and re- See, God always asks a question of us to spark a question in us. The real question is, why are you hiding? Right? Why? Oh, because we're naked. Instead of asking a question, why are we hiding from the, good- the goodest guy there ever was, we are... <laughs> Anybody here, when you're asked a question, your first uh, desire is to cover yourself? Protect yourself? Judge, you know. No, God's asking a question to incite a question, but instead they go to self-defense, right? So God asks them another question. You guys remember the question? Who told you you were naked? Now, why is God asking that? Does he know who told them they were naked? You know who told them they were naked? It wasn't the devil. It was themselves. We're naked. You're right. We're naked. 
right? And in that moment, he's trying to ask them. It's not, oh my gosh, we never had clothes on. Who knew? It's, why do you think nakedness is a problem? He's trying to get them to ask a question. But do they? No. No, and instead, they make God their enemy. And it says in Colossians, we were only ever enemies of him in our own minds. Anybody ever had somebody who, was, who, was, who got offended at you, but you never could figure out why? And they became your enemy, but you weren't theirs? That. So in this whole thing with questions, I want to say this, is we tend to generally fall into, wait for it, two ditches on questions. One ditch is, don't ask questions, right? No questions, right? No questions. I'm not... Sometimes, why don't we ask questions? Insecurity? We don't understand something? Why, why, why wouldn't we ask a question? Scared? Sorry, sorry, you got to speak up. Scared? Scared of the answer? Yeah, 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 scared of being hit, right? Scared, uh, scared of the answer, scared of punishment, scared there is no answer. Anybody had that one? Like, just don't ask that question. That's too hard of a question. Nobody knows. Don't ask, right? Don't want to know the answer. Don't want to know the answer. Anybody, yeah, you're scared. You're like, I think I know the answer, right? We talked about self-sabotage. Why do I keep doing this? And I'm kind of secretly thinking it's probably because I'm completely messed up in a complete waste of time. Well, that got real. All right, so scared, right? Scared, we're scared there's no answer, but there's another ditch with questions. I don't know how to put this, a good term for this. Another ditch for questions is, anybody had a friend who had a favorite question, but they never really wanted an answer, but they loved asking it? What are some... All right, so I don't know. I like what are, that are like. I don't know. Like, like we'll just say yes, but it's like it's like I love the questions. Like this could be my excuse. My excuse, like what? Oh yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. An excuse, right? What are some other reasons we would ask questions when we don't actually want the answers to? Yeah. A setup. Woo! To delay things, come on. We want people to think for us, come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Anybody like to be the judge, jury, and executioner with a few questions? You know, one of the things I've watched, I love, is a lot of times we will, um, anybody had a question for God? Okay, you ready? This is, this is the question. I promise you, every one of us has to ask this in this way. Okay, you guys ready? Why? Anybody ask that question? No, 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 no. <laughs> right, right, no, no. And okay, okay. Okay, anybody ever ask the, like, okay, let's just put it in another way. Anybody ever had a child ask you a question like that, and you tried to give them an answer? 
How did they receive the answer? Because they're not asking the question, are they? All they're really doing is making a little altar to their own offense. So, so the thing about it is, is God wants us to ask questions. He wants us to ask questions. But we have to do it in a way that has humility attached to be able to receive the answers. So one of the problems is anybody, one of the reasons why why usually doesn't get asked is it's usually the question is tied up with a lot of improper thinking. Like here's a question. Like God, God asks them, where are you? Because they think God's gone off and left them. Did God ever leave them? No. God asks the questions to get us to think about what we don't understand, what we don't aren't able to process. And so he wants us to ask questions to question our own assumptions about what we think we understand. So let me, let me, um, let me invite you into something here. If you guys remember, uh, oh, I like, my, like flipping my hair back here. Um, if you guys remember, God delivered the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt through a, uh, Moses' obedience. Almost they didn't want to go. It was like against their will they were delivered. And he brings them out, and then God goes, okay, now for the big reveal, we're going to meet up on this mountain. It's going to be good. And so this is what he tells Moses to tell them in verse chapter 19. Now, if you listen and obey my voice, if you listen and obey my voice, listen, well, it's really obey, listen and respond to my voice and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And these are the words you're supposed to speak to the Israelites. So what are they supposed to listen to? The voice. If we are to walk in this life, we need to learn to listen to the voice. Right? And I want to submit to you, one of the biggest ways God will communicate is through questions and inciting us to ask good questions of him. Now, if we had had enough time, we were going, oh, maybe I'll still do it. I can get away with it. Um, I'm going to look at one of my favorite question people in the Bible is Peter. I love Peter. There are no dumb questions. Oh, wait, here comes Peter, right? You know, I mean, he's, he's our guy, right? Anybody had that friend who everybody else, we're like, we're like, just wait, he'll ask. You know, we're afraid to, but he'll ask. What's going on? Right? And so he, Peter is amazing because, and there's a reason why he has the best dialogue with Jesus, even better than John in the Bible, because Peter asks questions. You don't get answers unless you ask questions. And so God wants to walk with us. He wants to lead us with his voice. You know, Paul, um, John said, you no longer need teachers because you have the anointing, the spirit, the presence of God to teach you. Well, how are you going to be taught if you can't hear? And so these questions, this, the, the humility of questions is so important to come to Jesus with. So let me, let me just read off some of Peter's questions. Because I think a lot of us have been taught uh, a, that these questions are not okay. And they're in the Bible. I love this. I love this. One of, the, one, of my, one of the great things, you guys remember when Jesus is out walking on the water 
and Peter, and they think it's a ghost? First of all, does anybody actually try to engage Jesus? Why? Because they are confident in their assumptions. I love what Peter says. Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Think it through for a second. Did anybody track it with me? Yeah. If it's you. What if it's a ghost? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gee, God loves dumb questions. Do you hear the vulnerability in that? I love this. Another one. Peter comes up to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Seven times? Pointing, looking over at Judas, right? Because <laughs> we're at eight, because I'm a go-getter. What does Jesus say to him? Seventy times seven. In other words, nonstop. He gets the, and then God teaches, Jesus teaches on forgiveness. It's an amazing passage. Oh my goodness, Jesus, why? Because he's dumb enough to ask the question and not act over spiritual. Matthew 19, I said, I love it. Remember the rich young ruler? Jesus is like, oh, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. This was radical because they thought people were rich because they were going to heaven. Like it's a sign you're, anybody here looked at somebody and like, wow, they're doing everything right. And, 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 and Peter goes, oh my gosh. Well, then what's, if, that's, if that guy can't make it, then what's going to happen to us who've left everything to follow you? And Jesus answers that question. It's a vulnerable question. It's a real question. He says, listen, honestly, you're going to receive more than you've ever given up, even in this life. <laughs> um, I love another one is, you guys remember in the feeding of the 5,000, do you guys remember what happened with the disciples there? Jesus is like, they're like, Jesus, there's a problem. These people are really hungry. Time's a ticking. We need them to go home. They're going to faint on the way. And Jesus goes, oh, that's okay. You just feed them. Why would Jesus do this? What is he wanting to hear? A question. A question. He's not being a jerk. He's trying to get us to ask a question. What does it take to ask a question? Admitting you don't know. Anybody here had somebody try to answer a question you don't have? Do you know what I'm talking about? Or maybe you've tried to answer a question somebody doesn't have. Does it work? No. Why? <laughs> well, if, you're, if somebody's asking a question, is not asking the question, you're trying to answer it. Are they going to be able to receive your answer? No, they're not asking. So Jesus is like, come on, there's a question here. Like, this is like super lowball, right? Like 5,000 people, you feed them. Finally, Peter just goes, and, and this is lowball question. I like this actually. Peter goes, well, uh, we do have five loaves and two fish. That's a, that's a question. Do you understand that? Because he's not really seriously thinking Seven divided by 5,000, that means 800 people per fish. That's not what he's doing, is he? But he's like going, he's trying to move the thing along. Well, let's start with what we have. By the way, God always starts with what you have. Amen. 
Total side note, I meant to say this after the offering. Um, anybody here have unexpected bills? Two of us? Or how about unexpectedly expensive groceries? Okay, moving on. Um, today, we were walking out to the car, and it was discovered that someone had left the hose on all night. Unexpected water bill. Now, what do you think that person might have felt? Defiled. Defiled. Shame, anybody? Right? Oh. And, and I, I was asking the Lord about this. He said, why are you, why, why, what are you doing? And I'm like, you know, we weren't planning this. You know, who sinned, right? Who did this evil act? Let us offer them as a living sacrifice. And the Lord goes, and I felt like the Lord said, ask me a question. Right? Because I had already had all the answers. I was like, I don't know, Lord, what? He's like, ask me how you're going to meet that need. I was like, how am I going to meet the need? You know, because immediately, what do you do? You start robbing Peter to pay Paul. And I, oh wait, rob Paul to pay Peter, rather. Um, and in that moment, he said, he said, ask me for unexpected blessing to cover the cost. And, but, but do that in front of us as a family and let me show you my goodness. Anybody here, you don't feel you deserve God coming through for you because I, it wasn't me, left the water on, just saying, just to justify myself. Okay, moving on. But you got to ask a good question. I I feel like that was for somebody, so free free of charge. Here's another one. I love this. Do you guys remember when Jesus Jesus, uh, took his ministry, grew it negatively from 15,000 people to just 12 in like few sentences where he said, hey, guys, 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 you guys want to, you guys want in on the next level of my multi-marketing scheme? Yes. You want to be part of the kingdom? Yeah. You want to be like at the front row? Yeah. Okay. Whoever gets to bite my arm first, whoever eats my flesh and then drinks my blood, you're in. Do you think this would have been a good time to ask a question? Like, I mean, at least, what am I going to tell my wife? I ran off with a crazy person, right? Like asking questions. Do you know nobody asked a question? Nobody asked a question. They were just like, God of the universe, con Luku, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. We're moving on, right? God of the universe is there in front of them. Miracles, signs and wonders, just incredible. They're seeing incredible miracles happen, right? That they've never seen before. Guys, today, some of you experienced miracles you've never experienced before, and you also got things that offended you at the same time. In that moment, you have to make a choice. Are you going to ask a good question, or are you going to, you're going to grab hold of your offense and back off? Instead, they, I love what Peter, the, the only guys, who, I, I kind of feel like, you ever seen one of those movies where they're like, who's going to do X? And then Everybody steps back from the line and leaves one guy standing. That's why I feel like the 12 disciples were like, and Jesus is like, are you guys leaving too? And they're like, wait, what happened? Did you say something? I wasn't paying attention, right? You know, it's like he just turns around. They're like 12. Um, and I love though, what does Peter say? He, what he says, his answer is actually a question. Lord, where shall we go? You have the words of life. Believe me, I don't understand what's going on. Right? He admits his lack of understanding, but he says, I'm not going to go. Asking good, admitting our lack of understanding is huge. 
One of the reasons why listening, if you want to know what the voice of God sounds like, look at, read the Gospels. You can hear his voice. Oh, watch how he does this. All right. I love when, remember when Jesus came in and it was the last supper, you know, it's the, the big moment. Jesus just had his big reveal as the, you know, came riding in on the donkey. Everybody's going, Hosanna, who comes in the name of the Lord? Like it's, this is like it. Like the kingdom of God is about to start. The revolution's about to rumble. We are about to get it on. We're getting thrones, baby. You know, like Peter's slipping off for a little to get himself, you know, measured for his new robes. You know, they're like getting prepared. How do I look? Right? And, and Jesus is like, and Jesus steps down, takes off his clothes, is there basically in the equivalent of his underwear, washing the mud and filth and manure off of their feet. And he said all along, unless you become like me. They're like, that's not what I signed up for. Do you think you might have a question at that point? If I did that to you, I hope you have a question. At least put me in the loony bin. But the reality is, what does he say? He says, Simon Peter says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? He's like seventh in a row. Like it's not, it's like, here he comes. He's done this to seven people. He's about to go. It sounds like a dumb question, but when you don't know what to do, keep asking the dumb question, but with vulnerability to hear something you don't expect or do not understand, right? And Jesus says, Jesus said, uh, yeah, yeah. And, he, and Peter says, no, you shall never wash my feet. Not his brightest moment, right? Right? Anybody here told Jesus no? Listen, you can tell Jesus no if you stay in the conversation. Why is this important? Because Peter is being honest. We'll deal with this next week, but God can handle your honesty. Do you understand that? God can handle your honesty. What he can't handle is blind religiosity that goes, everything's fine. He goes, no, you shall never wash my feet, to which Jesus answered because he'll keep the conversation going. Unless I wash you, you have no part of me. To which Peter says, in good Peter fashion, then Simon Peter said, not just my feet, but my hands and arms as well. <laughs> and my head, oh. I, this is why Peter, Jesus loves Peter. Because Peter's like, all right, I don't understand, but if that's what we're doing, let's do it. And Jesus is like, no, we're good, we're good. Just, just the feet, just the feet. This got creepy, weird, freaky. Let's just let's keep moving, Right? He can handle it. He can handle the mess. He can handle the question. <laughs> I love this. So later, you know, Jesus is like, behold, I'm going away. Well, I'm going. I'm leaving shortly. So I need to talk to you about deep things. But Peter interrupts him before he can get to the deep things. Because that's my Peter. Peter goes, what does he say? He goes, Lord, where are you going? <laughs> Everybody else is thinking it. You know they are. They're like, Okay, blink twice if you're too embarrassed to ask the dumb questions. We all are on some level. Do you know what? Only dumb questions get answered. Because dumb questions reveal how little we know. Right? I love this. He goes, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, I love Jesus. Anybody notice that Jesus' answers never line up with your question? Where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you'll follow later. (laughs) 
Peter's looking over at John. Do you understand what he's talking about? John's like, I don't know. Keep asking. Right? Come on. I love John. He said, Peter goes, okay. Well, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. <laughs> and Jesus goes, will you? Will you really? The thing is, is dumb questions over and over again. These dumb questions get amazing answers that we're living off today. When you have all the answers, you get no answers. When you have questions, you begin to hear him and you begin to encounter it. All right, here's, here's one more. <laughs> I love, this is, this is a bizarre one. But anybody here, um, I, I think Jesus is just answering Peter straight out. You guys remember, Jesus goes, do any of you all have swords? I know I said don't pick up swords, but anybody got swords? And like, we got two. And he goes, that's enough. <laughs> Anymore and you'll kill yourselves. Like, you can't be trusted. But anyway, and then when Jesus is being arrested, what does Peter do? I got this one, Jesus. You said the sword. I'll cut off the weakest man in the party who's not carrying any kind of uh, uh, instrument of death. Right? He doesn't attack the soldiers. He attacks a servant. The guy's like, ah! <laughs> I just... Sorry, I love Peter. And he cuts off the guy's ear, and Jesus is like, A for effort, but that's not what we're doing right now. Because that's another thing is, if you don't do anything, you can never get God's response to help you understand. Like, if you never pray for the sick, you'll never discover that the sick can be healed. And God can't guide you in that. If you never step out, and maybe you saw people giving words of knowledge, and you're like, I don't know how you do that. If you never step out, you'll never find out. If you never go up to somebody and go, how do you do that? You'll never get the answer. If you don't go low, if, it, if you just try to imitate people from a distance, it comes off weird. Just saying that. But when you go low and ask questions, you get answers. The final thing, I love this. Do you guys remember the Mount of Transfiguration? Like Jesus, Jesus had a, a, a three, three guys, Peter, James, and John. I don't know why James was there, probably just because he was with John. John, it says, was the disciple Jesus loved. And, and John obviously got it because you read the gospel of John, you read the books of first and second, third John and Revelation, he got it. And then there's Peter, who probably just begged to go along. And so, but anyway, Peter and James and John, they're always, to, when Jesus is selecting them, they come out like, he, when he wants to raise a girl from the dead, they get to be a front row for that. And, and he goes on anyway. So he takes them up on this mountain and he has this supernatural encounter with Elijah, the prophet Elijah and the prophet Moses, Moses and Elijah. And he's having this encounter and they're talking about, you know, he's getting some insight about preparing for the, uh, for the crucifixion, but the disciples don't really know what's going on. So what do James and John do? They keep their mouth shut, right? They're smart. They keep their mouth shut. What does Peter do? We call that, I call that hitting the randomizer. Anybody have that friend? Like literally, like if there's silence, they're like, I'll fill it. And you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, what was that? And he goes, we should build three shelters for them and never leave this place. This is the best thing ever. And I love this though, but up to this point, they have heard and understood nothing until Peter spoke. At which point, the heavenly father goes, 
This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Yeah, got that. They heard the voice of God. Why? Because Peter opened his mouth and was dumb enough to get, put an idea out there. I would submit again that questions are the riskiest things, but it's the risky place that we meet God. If you want an amazing study, just do a search in your Bible of question marks and watch how God engages his people. Because if you don't have a question, you don't get an answer. Now, I'm going to flip this. I was going to do this at the beginning. I'll do this right now at the end. Every single one of us came here today with a question. Now, I don't know how many of us are honest with our question, but it's a burning question. What are some of the questions that we have? The burning questions. Not that people are like, oh, my deep question is about the transubstantiation. No. Real questions. Real questions that burn that we are desperate to know the answer to for us personally, not theoretically about you know, people in Africa. What are some real-life questions that we are crying out to for answers? When are you going to move on the government? Okay, I want to bring it personal. I, that's, that's out there. I'm talking personal. It doesn't. Will my kids? See, that's what I want to say. I want to bring the questions from out there to me, how it affects me. It does affect you. But I, so let me just say this. Let me drill down because when you bring your questions to God, he will take your questions apart and bring it down to here. Because the question is, God, can I trust you with the, with the government? <laughs> All right. So what's another what question? How do I let go of the past? What else? Come on. Oh, that's good. That's really good. What else? That's good. Come on. How about, will you fix them? <laughs> Whoever them is. Will it ever change? Will there ever be enough? Now, the funny thing is, I, I love this question. This, um, let me highlight this one. This is a really good one. Will you come through? Now, I have a question. Is God faithful? Yes. Is he true? Yes. Then, well, let me stay with me on this one. Then, theologically, this is not a correct question. Do you know what? We, there is... Theology, and I call it practical theology, right? I believe he is faithful and true, but I haven't seen him come through yet. Do you track him with me? One is what I think to be true or I know to be true from Scripture. The other is what my life has taught me. Do you know the best questions are these, where I'm asking the honest question. God, why have you, why, why have you left me? Now, we know he never leaves or forsakes me, but I feel like you've left me. God, asking the hard questions of him, he can handle it. He can handle it. Why? Because it initiates a dialogue. Now, if I'm not going, you laugh to me, I'm going, God, did you leave me? If I'm asking it in a vulnerable way that initiates a conversation, God will speak. And he loves to engage. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. When, but when we ask, when we come to him, we must believe that he is, 
that he is who he says he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. What is the reward for those who seek God? Him, his voice. And so when we ask questions, he's going to initiate a dialogue. If we're not making assumptions of the answers, we're saying, God, I want to ask you, I want to walk this out with you. Do you know the number of times I've been like, God, are you going to fix them? Do you know what? You know what? Peter asked a question like that of, of, of Jesus. Do you guys remember? John chapter 21. Jesus said, he said, well, what about John? And what did Jesus say to John, to Peter? Worry about yourself. What is that to you? You follow me. It was a good question, right? It was, it was an off-base question. But Jesus can handle off-base questions that will bring us to solutions. He's wanting to have a dialogue with us. Be, you know why? Not just because it will change us. Do you know the very core of any relationship? Conversation. He wants to have a conversation with us. We just want solutions. He wants a conversation. And he's inviting us to. And so what I would really submit right now, if we would just take a moment before we have the worship team come up, I want us to be honest with God about our questions. Each of us have questions. Some of them are not politically correct or spiritually correct. Some of them are. But Jesus, I ask right now that there would be grace for us to ask questions. Lord, that you would show us. Give us courage to ask you the questions and courage to hear and respond. That's what the word obey means in Hebrew. Hear and respond. Hear and respond to your voice. Continue the conversation to a place of obedience where we follow you, follow you, follow you. If we could have the worship team come up. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be going through a whole series of watching. You know, one of the ways we know what God's voice is like is by watching the actual seeing the voice, seeing the voice of God, watching him as he interacts Jesus interacts with people as God interacts with people. We're going to watch and learn how God speaks with people and how he interacts with them because he's going to be doing the same for us. Um, I feel like just for so many of us where we're stuck in this big why question and we cannot get around it. Um, for myself, I've been stuck in whole like decades and seasons of life of just behind something that's went wrong or something that was... I thought he said one thing and then it went different or, um, and I was just with, a, with my big question why, I was just paralyzed and I feel like for so many of us that big why question needs to be reframed um, this morning. And just wherever you've been asking why, why, why this happened, why this didn't happen, why this marriage fell apart, why this child, why whatever, whatever our big whys are. Um, I want you to ask right now, Jesus, just grab a hold of that, that big question, that, that block, whatever, whatever your thing is um, in your history, in your conversation with God, your why. And just say, instead of why, just say, Jesus, I laid down the why question. And I, I'm going to ask a different question of you now, Jesus. Um, Jesus, what do you want me to know? about this area of my life. What do you know, want me to know about this? And just receive a fresh thought. Just go from a different angle. 
instead of just shaking it and demanding the why um, answer, just start asking Jesus, what do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? Just in every day, in every situation, just keep asking Jesus, what do you want me to know? And then what do you want me to do? And I promise you a fresh thought, a fresh flow of thought, a fresh revelation will start flowing into those areas where we've been stuck. Because he wants to engage us in the hardest places. But if we keep that why in that way as an idol, he is not able to, he's not going to answer it that way. So Jesus, we speak a fresh word into areas where we've given up asking, where we've been stuck, where we've been paralyzed, and just let us know, um, just speak to us what you want us to know and what you want us to do. Speak a fresh thought, speak a fresh word into us. I really feel that there are some here, your real question is, are you real? He can handle that. <laughs> if he weren't real, he couldn't handle it because he wouldn't be real. But because he's real, he can handle that. And, and I feel like he's saying to you, come, get to know me. But for many of us, we chose to believe he's not real because he didn't come through. So maybe a better question is, God, when did I learn that you weren't real? And God, what happened back there? He will meet you there. That's how good he is. He wants to take you on a journey and show you where he's been every step of the way. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.